Hello ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. I'm Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. This week we are looking at the second half of Isaiah. Now, some people argue that the second half of Isaiah is so different that it must be a different writer, but I disagree. For instance, the phrase, the Holy One of Israel, is throughout this entire book. In the book, An Introduction to the Old Testament Prophetic Books by C. Hassel Bullock, he quotes J. Alec Motier and recognizes the unity of the whole book of Isaiah with six main principles. Quote, number one, the Lord as Lord of history. Number two, the Lord's supremacy over idols. Number three, the promise of a remnant. Number four, God's reconciliation with sinners on the basis of atonement. Number five, the vision of restored Zion. And number six, the David Messiah meaning that the Messiah or the Savior will come from the line of David. Dr. Betts in Old Testament class makes note that the first half of Isaiah mostly focuses on judgment and the second half, which is chapters 40 through 66, mostly focus on hope. But then he says, quote, Look closely and they go together and run throughout the entire book. And this is an interdependence between these two themes, end of quote. He continues to explain that the purpose of the judgment is not destruction, but purging. The hope is that they come back to the Lord. Betts also said, quote, Israel, as the Lord's holy people, God will judge her, but he will not give up on her, end of quote. So ladies, as an encouragement, the Lord will not give up on us either. So let's begin chapter 40, verse 1. Comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God. One thing that Bullock says in his book, quote, My people means that Israel could never be free to go her own way. In that pronoun were contained election and providence, end of quote. Election, by the way, means God choosing his own people. And then the word providence shows God's sovereignty over all things. But then Dr. Betts points out in his lecture, quote, Merely being among the chosen people does not make one a servant of God. Obedience is what is required. On the other hand, no one should think that obedience is merely a result of human effort. It is divine enabling that makes obedience possible. End of quote. So again, we have a combination of God's sovereignty and yet man's obedience and man's will and choice. Verse 3 of chapter 40 says, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway of our God. Do you know where that's located in the New Testament or with whom it is referring? It's found in Matthew 3, 3, Mark 1, 3, Luke 3, 4 through 6, and John 1, 23. And it is referring to John the Baptist. 
He was making the road clear by calling God's people to make their hearts ready for Jesus. Also, just a note, Handel's Messiah is full, 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 full of passages straight from Isaiah. So after reading through this book, you may find a deeper appreciation of how Handel intertwines the prophecies of Isaiah with the fulfillment and the good news message that the Messiah has been born in the New Testament. Then in verses 6 and 7, the crier asks, What shall I cry out? All flesh is grass, and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Part of these verses are quoted in 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 24 and 25 and James chapter 1 verses 10 and 11 in the New Testament. Life in the flesh is short, but there is something that endures forever. The Lord, his word and his work. And when we join him, we too are with him forever. Chapter 40 continues with how amazing God is and his wonderful attributes. In this chapter, we see Isaiah calling Zion and Jerusalem to the Lord, verse 9. And here the Lord is described as the Holy One, verse 25, the everlasting God and the creator of the ends of the earth, verse 28. And the chapter ends with, Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Chapter 41 is addressed to coastlands, and the King James Version says islands. Then verse 8 says, But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Verse 9, You are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. Then verse 10, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Then in verses 14 and 16 and 20, we see the Lord as the Holy One of Israel, which I believe is the 10th, 11th, and 12th time we've seen this. One theme that is huge in this section is the word servant. We will find that servant is used in reference for Israel as a whole. And then King Cyrus of Persia For in verse 25, we see the Lord will raise up from the north and he will come. And this is in reference to Cyrus. And then the third type of servant is called the suffering servant, which now that we have the New Testament, we see is in reference to Jesus. There are four servant songs in Isaiah. And the first one starts in chapter 42. Some say it's verses 1 through 4, and other people say it's verses 1 through 7. And ladies, on this point, I want to encourage you to get a study Bible that shows New Testament verses that reference these Old Testament passages. Sometimes they're listed on the sides of each of the verses, and it shows you where these Old Testament passages are shown in the New Testament. 
And I want, especially now, because with the servant songs about Jesus, there are tons of New Testament references. And so I won't be listing all of them for you because there's just too many. Verse 6 states that the Lord will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations. This is another main point that's found in the second half of Isaiah, which is referenced in the first half. God's plan was and is salvation of the nations. This was from the very beginning with Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 15. Verse 8 says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. The Holy One of Israel is the only true God, and He alone will be praised, because He alone is worthy. So in chapter 42, verses 10 through 17, we have a song of praise to the Lord. Another thing we have seen throughout all Isaiah, and especially in this section, is eyes that are either open or blind, and ears that are either open or deaf. And in verses 18 through 25, Israel, due to their stubbornness, due to their stubbornness, are a part of the blind and the deaf. Then chapter 43 starts, But now thus saith the Lord that created you, O Jacob, and he that formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name, and you are mine. Ladies, there is great comfort when we realize that we belong to this amazing God. In verses 3 and 14, it says, The Lord is the Holy One of Israel. And verse 15 says, The Holy One. So I think with the whole phrase, this is the 13th and 14th time that we have seen this. In verse 4, we see in the Old Testament that the Lord loves you. And then the chapter continues that the Lord will bring back the remnant from the nations and that Israel, the Lord's servant, will be his witness. Verse 10. Chapter 44 continues, Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Just a note, the names are switched in chapters 41, verse 8. And then verse 2 says, Thus saith the Lord that made you and formed you from the womb, which will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and you, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. Jeshurun means the upright one, and it is a poetic name of Israel. And we've seen that in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 15, and 33, verses 5 and 26. Ladies, just as a reminder, the Lord God Almighty made and formed you while you were in the womb, and you are special to him. You are not an accident, you are not a mistake, and he loves you deeply. The rest of chapter 44 reminds us that the Lord is the only God and graven images and idols are made by human hands, and they are not like Almighty God. In verse 28, we see that the Lord reveals that Cyrus, the king of Persia, will be the Lord's shepherd. And through his leadership, Jerusalem will be rebuilt and the temple will be laid. Now keep in mind, during the time of Isaiah, Assyria is still the main power, but Babylon is coming. 
Jerusalem is still standing, but destruction is coming. But yet the Lord is giving a message of hope that Jerusalem will not stay down. The Lord will raise them back up and he will use a Gentile king to do it. This continues in chapter 45 with King Cyrus, the Lord's anointed. Chapter 45 continues exalting the Lord and his sovereignty. And then verse 9 begins, Woe unto him that striveth with his maker. In verse 11, we see the Holy One of Israel, our 15th time of seeing this phrase. In verse 18, we see that the Lord, the Creator, He formed the earth, he made it, he established it, and he did not create it in vain. He formed it to be inhabited by us, by humans. Then verse 19 continues that God did not speak in secret. He did not speak in dark places. He did not tell the seed of Jacob to seek him in vain. The Lord speaks righteousness and he declares things that are right. Ladies, when we follow the Lord, we're following the creator's right way. Then in verse 22, the Lord says, Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. And then verse 23 ends with the Lord saying, To me, every knee will bow and every tongue will swear allegiance. This is where the Apostle Paul gets it. And he says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In the New Testament, Paul the Apostle takes this verse and says it's fulfilled in Christ Jesus. All people have a choice. Either acknowledge the Lord is God or not, and those that do not will be put to shame. Verse 24. And then chapter 46, we see two gods of Babylon, Bel and Neb, and these gods are made and carried by humans. And then chapter 47 is a call to Babylon, and it is a call of judgment. It is interesting to me to see references from chapter 47 of Isaiah in the New Testament in Revelation chapter 18. In Revelation 17, we see the doom of Babylon. And then in chapter 18 of Revelation, we see that Babylon is fallen. And then at the end of chapter 47 of Isaiah, it reads, There is none to save you. Ladies, have you acknowledged that the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, is God, the only God? If no, then please do it today. If yes, have you acknowledged that the Lord has made you and not in vain? You have a purpose and God has a plan for you. Number one, you are his servant whom he loves. Number two, your presence in this world is to show the world or your sphere of influence that there is a God. So ladies, if you hear his voice today, don't harden your hearts. Don't have ears that don't hear and eyes that don't see. Instead, let's be women with soft hearts, opened eyes and ears, and let us, his servants, obey. Until next time, and thanks so much for listening.